AFCON 2010. The trade show that you know where affiliates always attend for free makes its way to Denver June 21st through 23rd. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. AFCON 2010 is different from those other affiliate trade shows designed for the affiliate manager, where you can pay up to $1,500 just on a single registration. That's why AFCON 2010 offers you an alternative, a show that's free for affiliates, not to mention over 80% of our attendees are affiliates. AFCON 2010 brings you a wide range of sessions, essential for significant affiliate marketing achievement. Plus, we are proud to be working with Search Engine Strategies to present an additional day of all new search engine marketing sessions and tracks. Add unbeatable nighttime networking capped off by WebmasterRadio.fm's annual affiliate bash, and you have the complete affiliate trade show experience for free. Join the thousands in the affiliate marketing community that are making the switch to AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates. June 21st through 23rd in Denver. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. That's AFFCON2010.com. Feel you're getting the most out of your current affiliate marketing program? Find out as today's top advertisers and publishers unite on the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today. Join your hosts, Commission Junction's Advertiser Account Director, Kim Dozell, and Publisher Business Development Manager, Brian Caldwell, as they share valuable insights on promoting strategic relationships, discuss the state of the industry, and offer you a rare glimpse into the minds of today's top players. See how to get the most out of your affiliate marketing program now as we present the all-new Affiliate Marketing Today, the industry's only broadcast, offering unique perspectives of both advertisers and publishers. Now, here are your hosts, Kim Dozell. And Brian Caldwell. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Affiliate Marketing Today with your hosts, Kim Dalzell and Brian Caldwell. Today, we have two guests, which uh, Brian and I are very excited about. Uh, we have Terrence Kinski from our Network Quality Group, and we have Jeff Stevens from our Service Operations Group, and they're going to speak about network quality and brand compliance. So, um, first off, just give you guys some details. If you haven't joined our show before, what we typically do is do a sort of a beginner in the first session, and then we switch into an intermediate, and we do an advance. Today, since we have two guests, we're going to be, uh, the first part of the show will be with Terrence, and then the, the last part of the show is probably going to be just with Jeff, um, but we, and we, we do welcome comments from both um, during both of the, the times that we're asking questions to the other one. Uh, Brian and I typically interject, uh, and also we welcome any comments on podcasts at cj.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at cj.com. And, Brian, we've gotten a couple emails I've seen. Yeah, it's been pretty exciting. Uh, lots of folks have, have uh, sent us comments. Some have been positive. Some have been uh, more of a, a critique in nature, which is great because we love to get the feedback um, on, on both sides. Uh, obviously, we know that... This is only our, what is this, our seventh show, I believe. So we're still learning a bit about how to best uh, project ourselves into the marketplace so that you all understand and get the, the type of knowledge that you're interested in. Um, just wanted to go back to a quick second and, and give the perspective of, of why uh, Kim and I are kind of going at this from opposite sides. Uh, Kim sits on the advertiser side of things, and I sit on the publisher side of things. So we each act as kind of an advocate for our own base of, of people that we interact with on a daily basis. Um, but going back to the network quality and brand compliance show that we're doing today, uh, the reason we have Terrence in the room is really to talk about kind of industry standards at a macro level, and, and, and Jeff is going to get into more specific micro-level information. So having said all of that and kind of led into the show, let's jump right into the questions, and we're going to focus again starting with Terrence um, and really open this up with a very broad question. What defines quality when we're talking about uh, a network uh, in the affiliate space. Uh, Brian, first of all, I'm pleased to be on the show with you and Kim. It's always a pleasure to talk to you to you both, and that includes Jeff as well. To, you know, to answer your question, what is quality, I get that question all the time, given I'm the director of network quality. And I, I ran a quick Google search and I, uh, on quality, and I got a good definition from Edward Deming, who's a uh, quality expert working with um, you know, Toyota and, and Japan, and he's the, uh, the quality control expert. Um, and his definition was quality is defined as compliance with standards. And that's a great 
a, a great definition given what, what we do in the network quality department. The, the quality standards also, you know, we define in our publisher service agreements uh, and advertiser service agreements. It's also important to note that the uh, a, a quality standard is also defined by an advertiser and how they they view their uh, the relationships with publishers. And, and Jeff will be speaking to that later on the show. I, I'll focus on uh, the standards that we uh, that we consider to be uh, very important in order for affiliate marketing to, to, to work and prosper for both, you know, consumers, publishers, and advertisers. So you, you mentioned uh, standards, and you mentioned a little bit about advertiser and publisher standards. Um, are, what are the common standards, so, you know, industry or industry-specific standards? Sure. Well, let's start with, with common, just common, common standards. I'm thinking common sense. So back to that value proposition that I talked about. You know, it, there's just certain ethics, um, ethics, in how publishers are going to be promoting an advertiser, uh, ethics in regards to how a publisher is providing value to a consumer. So we have a, what's called the Code of Conduct. That is an industry. Uh, uh, we have uh, some competi- uh, our competitors, Performix, and it, at B3 at that time signed on to the Code of Conduct, which kind of outlines those, the, that value proposition that publishers bring to the table to, uh, to consumers. Um, speaking to industry-specific, once again, I'm going to refer to our service agreements, both the publisher service agreement and advertiser service agreement. Once again, the other networks, affiliate networks, have service agreements that publishers and advertisers are going to agree to. In effect, uh, in, uh, speaking in Commission Junction's point of view, these agreements really lay out the foundation of, of the quality standard. So we basically, the network is providing all the legwork. We understand where the experts we understand what the quality is, what the bar is, what the standards are, and we embed those in our in our service agreements. In essence, defining the rules of engagement so that everyone are, is abiding those quality standards and once again providing value to uh, to all those relationships I mentioned. And, I and then also, are there um, any? I think you know. I know we there's probably legislative. I mean, I can span of spam is one that always comes to mind. But um, are there others? Sure. Well, the, the legislation is, is important to know. I mean, can spam is a great one. Currently, we're seeing a lot of activity. Nothing has been um, put in the books from a federal standpoint, but the adware, spyware uh, it, kind of legislation that's in the works with a uh, Center of Democracy and uh, you know Elliot uh, Spitzer and Ben Edelman. There's a lot of action going on there, and what it actually does is, there, once again, there's not any legislation that's that's banning some of these practices, but it's getting there. But it's given a lot of exposure to the industry, and it's really helped clean it up. And the same thing goes with can spam in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s. We had lots of issues. The legislation gets in, into effect. You know, that, the legislation starts being enforced. We enforce our rules, and it really just helps, helps it out. And, you know, can spam issues have, on, from what I, can, what I see in our network, have, have declined, declined dramatically. Hey, Terrence, can, can you talk to what would happen if there were no um, kind of industry-specific service agreements in place? Let's say the, the network doesn't exist, and every, the world is full of uh, full of, of direct relationships. What what kind of risks or benefits does that set up um, for an advertiser? Oh, tremendous risks. So obviously, back to the, the service agreement um, aspect. You know, we have a, a pretty lengthy publisher service agreement, and and the same thing goes with the advertiser service agreement, where we spent a lot of time identifying the rules and 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 redefining them and adding them and and making them better. So you, you take those those elements away, you know, you're back to the you know the, the internet back in the in the 90s, the wild wild west, where it's kind of a free for all, and and the people that really are going to hurt there are the consumers. So it's it's real important, you know, that agreements are in place, and and with a network like Commission Junction, you're going to have you know that expertise behind you, reducing those risks that you bring up. Okay, and I I know we're going to get into kind of specific publisher business models um, a little bit later in the show, um, but this really comes back to the, the first question, what defines quality? And, and the flip side of that is, what's not quality, and why is that bad, right? And, sure. and the whole reason for, for your department to exist and, and um, your, your job role. I, th- I think what we want to do before we go into the next session of the show is, is take a, a very quick break. Um, helps us keep the lights on. Everybody likes to get paid. Our commercial uh, sponsors want to uh, make sure that they get their message out there. So um, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with Affiliate Marketing Today. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. Three a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. 
Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. You wouldn't just tell your web hosting company to just give you the next available random domain name, so don't do that with your phone number. A toll-free number that matches your company name or service can be invaluable and give you an instant nationwide brand name. Try the free vanity number search engine at tollfreenumbers.com. But don't wait, because 1-800-YOUR-NAME may never be available again. Tollfreenumbers.com. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, everybody. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, Affiliate Marketing Today with Kim Dalzell and Brian Caldwell. Today, we're talking about network quality and brand compliance with Terrence Kinski and Jeff Stevens. And um, a second ago, uh, I was circling us back to the, the initial question of what defines quality and, and uh, what's non-quality. Uh, and I think that segues nicely into the next topic of discussion. Um, really <coughs> want to take a look at publisher business models and promotional methods and, and really get into some of the details there. So, um, Terrence, back to you. All right. Well, let's uh, take a look at some of the, the, the promotional methods and business models. that I've, I've listened to some of your earlier shows, and I know you guys have talked at great length about this, some really good stuff. Uh, focusing on, on just from the, the spectrum of from a quality standpoint. Once again, the quality, if there's value that's being derived, you know, it, the advertiser really is going to determine w- what they feel is quality based on the results that they're getting. I'm just going to walk you through just a brief overview from a, just a kind of a risk perspective. Some of the some of the uh, promotional methods that may carry some, you know. Higher risk, higher rewards. So it has nothing to do with you know a certain business model or promotional method. That's something you should stay away from. It's just something you need to give a little bit of extra, extra thought. And that it starts with incentive programs. Um, you know, incentive programs can um, can be very beneficial, can deliver lots of value. However, with any type of incentive, based on the incentive, you may be targeting the wrong audience. So a free iPod site is going to be catered towards. Uh, you know, teenagers or people in college, and it may not be the best, you know, promotional method for someone that's, you know, trying to promote loan. And to segue that into the sub-affiliate networks, um, do carry some risk given that uh, when I tell you say sub-affiliate networks, it's part of the ad, the ad network model where you have sub-affiliates or other third-party publishers that are going to be, um, you know, promoting your products there's a lack of kind of transparency into those third-party publishers for the advertiser, so it's just something to consider and, and carry weight on when you're when you're considering those, the that that type of model. Uh, pause you here for a second, just to go sure. just to draw a line under this the fact that this is really a pro-con um, decision being made by both the advertiser and the publisher, um, because if you talk about the incentive programs, for instance, and, and bring up the, the idea of free iPod, obviously you're targeting a specific demographic. And depending on the demographic that you're targeting, that demographic is going to be um, of greater risk or lesser risk simply based on the fact of who they are, right? Because if we're talking about high school children, then they're probably going to go above and beyond what um, someone in their 20s or in their 30s would to get a free iPod. Sure. Right? Yep. So the the fact that it's an incentive program itself is not necessarily... um, the good or the bad, it's how the incentive program is applied and who you're targeting and, and really what the offer is. Right, and I, I would also add from, an, you know, from the advertiser's perspective, they need to really evaluate what type of, they really need to know what type of traffic do they want, what type of demographic do they want, and are they looking for a lot of quantity? I mean, there's, there are some programs that really want a lot of leads and want to be able to pick through a lot of those leads. Um, and then there's others that 
really don't want it. They, they can't take a lot of lead volume. So an incentive site is really difficult for them to take. If you can't take a lot of lead volume, then you really don't want to go with an incentive site because you typically get a lot of leads. So um, obviously there's a number of other, other models that um, we wanted to touch on. Um, the next one up, I think, was, was email. How do you guys feel about email over there in, in uh, network quality? Well, like, like I said, I mean, the email um, we've, with can spam, we've had a really good success with that. And you know, it's just, it's once again, it's the advertiser, how they want to market. Are they comfortable with their, their brand being in content and email that they, they're not, they don't have control of, over the source, the, the list that are being delivered, and, you know, control their brand, the content that's being, that's being provided in the email. So it's just something that, that you need to consider as far as the can, splint, can spam and, and the standards and, and the laws, obviously, that's where you're going to be protected with, with a network like ours because we're going to have, uh, we have a multitude of, of uh, monitoring uh, methods that we, we identify people that are breaking the rules and taking action. So uh, safe to say uh, email has a longer checklist of, of things that need to be tested um, before a campaign goes live? Yes. And I, I think one important thing to bring up is, as you said, in, the, in our network, the way our network quality group works is that you're able to, to enforce a lot of this. Um, and I do know that a lot of advertisers are opening up more so to email because of the ability to, to enforce and comply, um, and the publishers are also working more closely with advertisers when they are email, email publishers. So. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a, there's a lot of great technology that's out there, third-party um, providers that will provide suppression lists. So it's a great point, Cam, that advertisers need to be aware of it and maybe take a look at the risk, but there are huge rewards with, with email marketing and, and just weigh, weigh that in, use, utilize the network and the relationship and work with those publishers. So it's certain, certainly something that you, you don't refrain or stay away from. I mean, I think there's some value definitely that you can be delivered via email marketing campaigns. Are there any others? Yeah, there's. Uh, I, I'm just you know the software. We we obviously need to take, speak to that piece. The uh, software, adware, mo- business models that are out there that kind of the last couple of years have, have gotten into the press, um, namely because of you know drive-by installations and more more specifically, you know pop-ups that you know back to that value proposition. End users were getting annoyed. Is is the pop-up a, a, a good promotional method that provides value, or is it annoying to an to an uh, to a to a consumer? So that's that's something that we've we've reined in pretty 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 uh we've got a pretty tight rein on in our network. I think it, overall, generally speaking, in the affiliate marketing network, that with the legislation and, and the and the bad players are now being weeded out and under, people understand who they are. You know, it's 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 becoming a model that's coming back in, back in the fold. Um, I think it's coming back in the right way because I was yeah. going to split the difference to say you know there's there's, there's software downloads uh, and then there's kind of consumer branded opt-in downloads. Um, where the consumer has uh, fully, you know, they're fully aware that they're they're installing something. They know how to uninstall it. They know exactly what it's going to do, uh, and they know why they're installing it because it's providing extra value to their experience on the internet. Um, and you know, that's a very different value proposition than what you were just describing with the pop-ups and things that were um, downloaded and installed without the, the user's consent or knowledge. Sure, there's still, I mean, there's a black eye still on it. I, I think it's 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 moving towards a better place, like you said, Brian. But it's, yeah, it's just something that we, you know, we have tight guidelines on, and, and we monitor very closely. It's, a, it's under a close watch. I think uh, you and I are going to have work. longer discussions about this because as um, kind of the Web 2.0 space uh, evolves even, even more, uh, a lot of web services are out there, a lot of um, transportable um, content is getting downloaded to desktops and so on. So there's going to be a lot of interesting new things uh, coming about in the next year or two. Sure. You know, another good point to make uh, as far as this kind of risk spectrum is um, – you know, we're we're a global player, and we're just seeing you know the affiliate marketing going going global. And just some, something that, that advertisers need to keep aware of is, you know, when you're you're accepting publishers, you want to keep them in your marketing area, either their service marketing service area or the area you know that, that, that they're doing business in. You know, uh, you know, being a U.S. based country and having a bunch of uh, country. Uh, Publishers from third world nations and Asia and Africa, you know, is that in, in, in your best interest? It's a strategy that you guys just got to be aware of and, 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 uh, and apply. But uh, I'm just interested in your comments, Kim and, and Brian, on that piece as far as what you guys see in, uh, in regards to the international space and, and quality in, in regards to that. 
you know, personally on the average from the advertiser side, I think I think advertisers are are warming up a little bit more to allowing international publishers into their programs. They, you know, a year or two years ago, everybody sort of auto declined international because they were so afraid of it. But now I see them opening up more to allowing publishers um, from international locations join their program, and because they're driving domestic traffic as well. Sure. I don't know what you see on the publisher side. Well, let's get yeah. here. I mean, when we look at we, when we look at our monitoring and enforcement, or the tools that we use and the processes. I mean, we just look at it globally, so we don't we don't have any um, bearing on on where the traffic's coming from. Uh, you know, it's it's traffic. So you know, it's it's good to hear that you know that advertisers are looking at expanding to other markets. And once again, if that traffic is non compliant, and our end with PSAs, we're going to take action regardless of where it's coming from. I was going to say that, that you know there's a there's a great number of very high-quality publishers that are um, outside of the U.S. borders, um, as close as Canada, but as far away as um, Australia. I mean, I know quite a number of folks down there that um, maybe even listening to the show and, and saying, yeah, I do great business with Commission Junction. So I would encourage advertisers to have a very open mind. Um, I would suspect, Terrence, that there are probably certain countries that carry a much higher um, degree of risk than than others, and um, is that true? Yes. <laughs> Not going to name out any countries, but yeah, that, that, that that's the case. And once again, we we try to do a very good job, uh, thorough job of trying to educate uh, the advertisers about those countries and, and the risks there. But still, it's a you know it's something that you just as an advertiser you need to consider as you strategize where you want to grow and how you want to grow. Okay, so um, with that, I think we need to take another uh, quick break to feed the sponsors. But uh, before we do that, I wanted to remind everybody that if you have any questions or comments uh, for Kim or myself or uh, Terrence at this point, please, by all means, send us email. The address is podcasts at cj.com. That's plural, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. And also to remind you that if you were interested, you can listen to this not only live, but as a recorded download, or on your cell phone. Just uh, for more information, hit the webmasterradio.fm website. With that, we'll be right back. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. It's no secret. Linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. Avoid using unethical practices to promote your website. Obtain quality, relevant links with linksmanager.com. Since 1999, linksmanager.com has been the leading choice for managing link campaigns by thousands of websites. Editor-based link management software makes relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy. No software to install. Free unlimited support. Try linksmanager.com free for 30 days. Accept no limitations. Click Tracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future. Into a fortune. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. 
Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today. And today we have uh, two guests on our show. We have Terrence Kinski, part of our the Commission Junction Network Quality Organization. And we've actually been speaking with him for the past two sessions. And we're going to finish up with some a couple more questions for Terrence. And then we're going to move on to speaking with Jeff Stevens, who is part of our service operations team here at Commission Junction. And he's going to talk to us about some brand compliance. So uh, if you've been listening to the past two sessions, you probably understand that we've been going through uh, affiliate quality and the importance of making sure that your affiliates are delivering quality traffic for you. And Terrence has actually been speaking to some of the legislative and uh, uh, industry standards. So um, the question I have is, you know, we know that standards are in, 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 are important, but um, what about communicating those? Like, how do you communicate those standards to advertisers and publishers? Okay, well, first, the standards are really defined in the service agreements, and just a uh, any network is going to have an agreement, or even in you know, direct relationships are going to have some sort of agreement. Our agreements are, are po- posted publicly. Uh, they're available. I'll just throw these out, www.cj.com slash psa.jsp. And if the advertiser service agreement is the same URL with an asa.jsp off the root. Uh, the COC is uh, is also publicly available. You can go to cj.com and, and get that. Um, and the COC is a code of conduct. The code of conduct, yeah. Sorry, the acronym. And that mm-hmm. uh, URL is www.cj.com, pub underscore conduct dot JSP. So, uh, you know, I, I'm highlighting that because those standards are, those, the service agreements really outline what those standards are. And um, as far as additional communications is, we're, you know, we're in constant communication with our, both our advertisers and our publishers. If we see anything that that looks suspicious or is uh, is worthy of an investigation, we we get in touch. We communicate with the uh, the advertisers and publishers via email, phone calls, uh, whatever means it takes to uh, to get to get clarity and to, and to work with the publishers and advertisers to get them uh, to understand those standards or, or compliant to those standards. And then, how do you typically monitor or enforce these? So, I mean, what what our group is is it's a mixture of people, process, and technology. And you know, process and policy. So we've, we've sp- sp- discussed at length of the service agreements. That the people that um, that are behind it are, are dedicated compliance specialists, and uh, the team that I manage is, is now a team of eight. And uh, so it's it's really important that um, the monitoring aspect. You have a good person, people element on top of the technology, which is you know we we sit on a lot of da- uh, of data that we collect and the traffic that we deliver to advertisers. And uh, and we, we we leverage that data and that, that vast amount of data, data to uh, to get us the, the the stuff that we're looking for. Um, and the, lastly, we go out and, and look out for third party tools. We currently have a partnership with Cyvalence, and um, for stuff that we can't um, develop in house or we can't, you know, we, we go out and we look at best of breed technologies out of house and we utilize those. That's just one of a of a couple third party relationships that we have or technologies that we use to uh, to help help us monitor our network and our, and our traffic and make sure that the standards are being followed and, um, and enforced. I'd just like to interject also for the publishers that are listening to this today. You know, if, if you have a business model that you feel might be a bit contentious, but you know you can drive a lot of volume, um, you really should be encouraged to, to reach out to um, CJ Publisher Development uh, or Network Publisher Development, whoever you're working with, so that they can work with um, either our network quality team or whatever network you're working with, so that um, you know you don't get lost in the fold. You don't get automatically deleted from having an account before you get started, because you know there there may be a way to work with you and and remedy any issues that might be perceived. I mean, that's a good point. I, I spoke to that that we try to uh, we try to work with publishers and and advertisers alike. Remember, a lot of the focus here has been on, more on the publisher side, the affiliate side, but. You know, our, our team is it just spends just as much time on on the advertiser side, ensuring that their tracking is up and running, the offers are correct, and they're giving the, the value back to the publishers. So I, I, I think that's a very that important clear. point because I think yeah. we don't a lot of times when we talk about quality or network quality. You know, and I think we've sort of done it in this case. We're focusing on the publisher, but that's a really important point that 
you know, the team is also looking out for the publisher to make sure that they're getting paid for the traffic that they're delivering um, and that they're not getting slighted in any way. Sure. Yep. So, so the larger team we're talking about here is, is everyone combined, network quality and advertiser and publisher, and then the teams that support the advertisers and the publishers, the account reps and, the, um, and so on. Sure. So, all, those, all those relationships I, I started out the, the, the call with, you know, are all important, and the value derived from each one of those is what we look at. You know, lastly, another point to make, too, is, is pro- that program descriptions uh, that provided by both advertiser and publishers are very important. You want to provide the most, most detailed information in, in your program description, and on the advertiser side, if they have just, you know, determined to have special T's and C's or other terms and conditions, the more that that's disclosed, the better. So we, 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 as far as communication of standards, that, that it goes a long way, having a, a solid and detailed program description to work off of. I, I think I, we have, I just have one more question for Terrence is, you know, how do you know that you've been successful? How do, how do you know that network quality is, is being successful with advertisers and publishers? Well, one thing that we do in our group is we keep our you know, ear to the heartbeat of the community. We, we, um, we actually utilize the, uh, extend out and utilize the community to help us out in our monitoring and policing. And that community also inclu- includes our clients. So we listen to our clients. And uh, and the feedback that they provide us, and most nine out of ten, it's, it's it's always positive. There are you know occasionally some dis- disgruntled clients, but it's still the feedback that we get from them is really the measure of of how well we're doing. Um, yeah, and obviously we we keep with the technology that we have, we we keep metrics as well, so we we track what we do, and we use a lot of statistical uh, analysis on on looking at trends and patterns. So that, that those are two 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 different ways that we we know how how we're doing. And uh, we feel good about ourselves because it's normally the stuff, the results that we get are always positive. Terrence, that, that last comment about special terms and conditions, I, I think, is a really important one. And it's, it's a nice segue uh, to lead us into our next topic of discussion, which is going to be uh, led by, by Jeff Stevens, who's joining us at the show at this time. Um, and, and Jeff, again, is going to be talking about kind of the micro aspects of brand management and, and other more, more soft touch um, aspects to quality control within a network such as Commission Junction. So having said that, um, Jeff, Stevens, welcome to the show. Um, we're pleased to have you here today. Thanks, Brian, and thanks, Kim. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk with you all. Yeah, it sounds like Terrence actually did a great job of talking about the uh, quality standards that apply in affiliate marketing across the entire industry and also some of the standards that may apply at the network level. Uh, The reason I wanted to talk with you all today is really to share with you some of the uh, insights that we've developed uh, recently about how advertisers may have very unique or specific standards that only apply to their one program, uh, specifically around their brand and how their brand is represented through the publisher channel. Um, So we've found that it's very important to be able to help advertisers communicate those standards to their publishers and also for publishers to really understand you know the the importance of those of those standards and make sure that they're uh, that they're um, handling the uh, the advertiser's brand with the same care that the advertiser would. Um, so that's that's really the nature of the brand compliance service um, that uh, the Commission Junction is offering and uh, being able to help both advertisers and publishers uh, w- with regards to handling that uh, the uh, the brand aspect. So so I have a question for you then. Um, obviously, you know. Advertisers are very concerned about how their brands are perceived in the marketplace or portrayed. Um, How do you balance the needs of the publisher with the needs of the advertiser? Well, certainly, uh, you know, advertisers have uh, a a, a right to be uh, very interested in in, uh, protecting their brand. Uh, Many advertisers spend uh, upwards of millions of dollars in investing in in their brand identity, and so it really is an important asset for an advertiser to, to manage carefully. So when they place their brand in the hands of publishers, there's a lot of trust that goes into that. So in order to really um, reinforce that trust, uh, one of the things that we do is really help the advertiser to understand what are the channels that they have for communicating those uh, standards for how the brand should be handled to the publisher base. Um, it's, uh, we really believe that a preventive approach um, is, is much more effective uh, in terms of preventing any problems before they even start by being very clear and communicating with your publisher base. Obviously, a publisher isn't going to know what the right way to handle uh, an advertiser's brand is if the advertiser hasn't communicated that. So we really do a lot of work up front with an advertiser who comes to us with brand concerns. We do a lot of work up front with them to to, to really be clear with them about 
how to communicate to the publishers, and what the different channels are. So certainly there's the special terms and conditions, which is a great communication tool for publishers to know if there are any specific restrictions on keywords or specific terms that an advertiser does not want within proximity of their brand. Um, those are the kinds of things that, that can be communicated through the special terms and conditions. Also, we recommend that the publisher really look at the program description for an advertiser's program um, to understand if there's a, a particular uh, character or, or, um, or voice that the advertiser would like their brand represented with. And so, obviously, those channels um, are, are, exist, and, and you're um, helping an advertiser understand all the, the, um, the fact that they do exist and the benefits of, of using them. But um, how, how does how are the publishers effective, affected by this? That's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Is you know, publishers need to be aware that they're entering into these agreements, and uh, there's all sorts of things that go along with uh, the, the channels that you're you're using to to convey um, brand compliance. Exactly. So let's take an example where a, a publisher may uh, uh, elect to join an advertiser's program. Uh, let's say in the finance vertical. Um, the, the finance uh, industry, for example, is very highly regulated in terms of their advertising and, and is subject to, uh, to federal, uh, you know, federal review. So it's, it's very important when the, when the publisher is, uh, is um, you know, working with an advertiser in that industry that uh, the, the advertising that the publisher puts on the Internet is, is really consistent with how that, uh, how that advertiser um, you know, needs to comply with federal regulations. So in that situation, it's, it's important then for the advertiser to communicate to the publisher, um, again, through the special terms and conditions, through, uh, through regular discussions, and, and also through the program description, what the specific requirements are. It, once the, the publisher has, has actually agreed to those terms and conditions, then really it's, it's, the publisher's, it's up to the publisher's um, ability to be able to drive that traffic within those parameters. So the, the publisher still can very consciously uh, you know, drive the traffic to the advertiser in the same, in most cases, in the same way that they would drive to any other um, advertiser. But there may be just certain things that they need to be aware of. For example, if the uh, if the interest rate were to change, and you know, as we know in the U.S., interest rates have been have been rising recently. You know, that may be an indication that uh, you know it might be time to switch out the links, for example, or, or a particular link or a coupon code may be expired. Um, and so these, it's just important to keep the uh, keep the, uh, the links current and, uh, and consistent with what the advertiser has put out there. So it does require a little bit more attention on the publisher side to be sure that the uh, you know the, the the links are current and that uh, you know the, the brand is being represented uh, consistently with what the publisher has already agreed to. Sure, and I and I would suspect highly that there are certain publishers out there that um, may sign up for a program and really pay no attention whatsoever to special tourism conditions. They click through, they, they, they opt into them, but don't truly understand what they're, what they're um, committing to. And it's so very possible. From, from your standpoint, are there pretty much uh, easy to see telltale signs uh, when that's occurred, and, and are there ways to remedy that? So it, it is very possible, and we actually see uh, um, quite a bit of that. I think if, from a publisher's perspective, if, if a publisher is working with you know, over a hundred different advertisers, it can be pretty tricky to keep track of what this advertiser's standards are versus that advertiser's standards, um, and and you know, making sure that you're you're meeting all of those different individual unique um, standards can be uh, quite complex. So, what Commission Junction does with the Brand Compliance Service is really act as an intermediary between the advertiser and the publisher. And if we find uh, an example of a case where a an advertiser's link is being used in a, in a situation that is inconsistent with what that advertiser has, uh, has uh, uh, put forth as their standards, then we'll contact the publisher and let them know. And uh, you know, ideally, we will be able to, to handle everything very quickly and, and, uh, and um, you know, just remind the, uh, the publisher of what the, uh, what the standards are. Um, and, and so in that way, we will help the publisher to keep in, in compliance so that that affiliation can remain profitable and ongoing. Um, in, in certain situations, if, uh, it, you know, if uh, an advertiser has a zero-tolerance policy or if we find that there's a publisher who uh, just is not able to really keep up with those standards, uh, it may be best for all parties at that point for the affiliation to, to, uh, to come to an end at that point. And, and what would be the, the publisher's biggest risk in that situation? 
Well, the, from a publisher's perspective, if, if there are repeated uh, cases where the, the advertiser is finding that uh, the, the link is being used in, in a way that is inconsistent with their brand or against uh, you know, their, their standards, um, it's very possible that the advertiser could elect to reverse the transactions, uh, reverse the commissions that that publisher has, has in a sense, earned um, because they've earned them in a way that, that is not consistent with how the program was set up. Which, and so it, yeah. it really does have a financial impact to the publisher, or, or it potentially could. Again, that, that brings us back to the very first question of, you know, about this is all about quality. Uh, and if the publisher is doing something that is, is non-compliant in whatever way, and, and uh, uh, the actions that they're taking is um, large enough to, to warrant a reversal of transactions, then you know, that, so be it. That, that, that's really at the, in the publisher's um, best interest in my mind because what I would hope they would learn from that is that maybe they should think about doing business in a slightly different manner. Absolutely. Advertisers really don't want traffic, even if it results in a, in a conversion. Advertisers usually don't want traffic that's driven through a way that, that damages their brand in their, in their eyes. And, and publishers certainly don't want to be on the, you know, on the receiving end of, of having a, a commission reversed because of, of doing something differently than, than what the standards are. So really what we try to do in this case is, is act in the middle and, and communicate with both parties so that the, the publishers can really get uh, paid for delivering the high-quality traffic that they, that they are able to drive. Right. So uh, effectively your, your team is all about communication, detection, and enforcement. Yes, that's exactly right. Well, I think, uh, Brian, I think we need to take a quick break. And then um, I actually have a couple things I wanted to, to ask Jeff, and I also wanted to talk about sort of the advertisers and how they should be, you know, making sure that they're communicating properly so that the publishers know what they uh, need to be compliant on. So we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we're talking with Jeff Stevens, and we will be right back after we hear from sp- some sponsors and get into a couple more questions with Jeff. Talk to you in a few. You're just minutes away from more Affiliate Marketing Today. Stay tuned. Here you go. Who are these people? Your customers. Customers? Yep. See, now that you're sharing all your media files through P2Pads.com, you know, like your MP3s, video files, software, pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And advertising all your sites through our global peer-to-peer network. Get to the point. Well, we're able to bring millions of your fellow surfers, basically, right to your front door. For more details, visit us at P2Pads.com. P2Pads.com. Expose yourself. Raising your ad inventory profits to the next level today is as simple as xy7.com, the only affiliate network giving you top payouts daily. Plus, you'll enjoy over 100 fresh high-converting offers, your own xy7.com debit card, good anywhere, and true 24-7 dedicated support. Our affiliate managers even sleep with their Blackberries. So why run your ads anywhere else? Let your site work harder for you today with xy7.com so you won't have to. You choose the right affiliate program to partner with? Hey, all we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50% the highest payouts on the net and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. JoeBucks.com. Now, back to Affiliate Marketing Today, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. All right, welcome back to Affiliate Marketing Today with Kim Dalzell and Brian Caldwell. And today we have two guests, Terrence Kinski from our Commission Junction Network Quality Group. And we also have Jeff Stevens, who we've actually just stopped talking to before our break. And we want to jump right back in speaking with Jeff Stevens from our service operations group, he was talking about brand compliance. Um, and actually, if you've been listening to the whole show, you know that we've we've talked about quality, what really quality is. Um, we and actually, uh, Terrence did a nice definition, uh, Deming's definition of quality. And then we moved on to what some of the standards are for industry and legislative of network uh, networks quality and just affiliate in general quality. 
And then um, we've actually moved forward into brand compliance with Jeff Stevens, and Jeff has talked about really why uh, brand compliance is good for advertisers and for publishers. And um, I'd like actually Jeff to talk a little bit a little bit more and be pretty specific about some suggestions that he might be able to make to advertisers and publishers to improve their communication so that they both understand uh, what brand compliance is and they both can comply on, on either side. Sure, Kim. I'm happy to, uh, to talk about that a little bit more specifically. Uh, I think we, we've already mentioned uh, some of the specifics like the program description and the special terms and conditions. Um, these are both uh, probably the primary vehicles that advertisers have and should take advantage of in terms of being able to communicate their, their standards uh, about their brand usage um, to their publisher base. Also, I would uh, definitely recommend um, for advertisers to take a look at their keyword list, uh, make sure that their keyword list is up to date if there are keywords that, that uh, you don't want uh, publishers to bid on or you don't want them to, uh, to compete on in terms of their bids. Um, also, if there are suggested uh, keywords that you do want your publisher base uh, to work with, um, that's a great opportunity to Leverage, uh, leverage the affiliate uh, channel as, as opposed to some of the other channels uh, that you may have with an in-house uh, search program. Um, also, I would uh, make sure that uh, from an advertiser's perspective that you monitor the links that you have available to your publishers and make sure that they're all current. If you have any outdated creatives, um, you want to remove those from your program as quickly as possible. Uh, on the publisher side, um, these are all channels that the advertiser has to communicate with publishers. So really be sure to, to go in and read that program description. Uh, be, be you know updated on what the special TMCs are. Go ahead and check out that keyword list and, and see what the search links are that the advertiser ha may have provided. Um, also, uh, you know if there are expired links, if you do get a notification that an advertiser has expired a link, um, or if you find that you're not getting commissions paid on a, on a particular link anymore, Certainly, you know, it, it's in the publisher's best interest to, to identify those as quickly as possible and replace those with refreshed current creative. Um, last thing I would say for a, uh, an advertiser is um, really take advantage of something as, as simple as a, a regular monthly newsletter. A newsletter is a great way to communicate with your publisher base about, you know, um, especially if there are any changes to creative. Uh, any, this helps to make sure that you're you're, uh, you know, you're, you're up to date with regards to um, what your publishers are doing for your program to, to help you out in a way that's consistent with, with how you want your brand represented. And it also provides a little bit more of a, of a narrative format rather than just providing the, the, basic, uh, the basic content or the links out there. So it really helps the, the, the advertiser and the publisher communicate a little bit more clearly about the flavor or the voice of how they want the brand represented. Um, and, and of course, on the publisher side, if you if you receive newsletters, uh, you know potentially you may be receiving newsletters from multiple advertisers. It can be very tempting in a, on a busy day to just kind of skim past them or or send them over into the uh, you know into the, uh, the the deleted file. Uh, but recognize that uh, newsletters oftentimes carry very valuable information and content that can not only help you comply with with an advertiser's program standards but also help you to improve the, the conversion or improve the ability to, to, uh, to um, monetize your affiliation with that advertiser. So definitely take a moment to review those newsletters and, and, uh, and absorb the content and take advantage of the content that that advertiser has made available for you. Now, Jeff, are, are these generally one-way communication channels? Or in your, in your experience, are they somewhat two-way? Can a publisher push back? Uh, what kind of results would they... Um, have in situa certain situations, let's say, for instance, someone wants to bid on trademark. Um, what, what can be done if the trademark rule is set out there uh, for the general population that says no, no trademark bidding? Are certain advertisers open to that two-way discussion? Kind of a, uh, if they if they get a sense that the, the publisher that's uh, asking them has a, they can have a, a place a greater degree of trust in them. I will say that the general rule is that because an advertiser has invested so much and literally millions of dollars in, in their brand, um, or you know, potentially, especially in certainly in certain highly regulated uh, industries, they may face uh, you know um, federal uh, uh, you know fines or, or fees in, in, in the realm of millions of dollars. They're they're not going to be interested in, in um, you know risking something uh, that that high level of exposure in exchange for a few more sales uh, through the internet channel. 
typically that's that's going to be the case. So I would say, generally speaking, a, a publisher um, should should pretty much uh, not expect to to be able to uh, work with an advertiser in in terms of uh, um, changing those standards. That being said, there are of course always exceptions to every rule, and if a publisher believes that you know they have some special value that they could offer to the public to the advertiser, um, you know through uh, through their search expertise or through you know working with uh, you know particular keywords or whatever it may be, I would definitely recommend that the publisher initiate that communication and push back and and explore. I mean the it, the worst that could happen is that you, the you know, there's there's more communication and, and greater understanding, and and that's always a good thing. Yeah, and I would imagine that simply complaining about the um, policy is is not going to be <laughs> is not going to take the publisher anywhere. It's it's more of a creative approach to the situation where there's a you know, certain extra value that the publisher thinks they can provide. Correct? Exactly. Yeah, we're looking for results. That's what this uh, whole industry is about. I, Jeff, I want to I want to thank you for sort of reiterating. I think what Brian and I have said in in uh, some of our prior shows that communication is really, really, really important in this industry. Communication between the advertiser and the publisher, and uh, you know, we we tell advertisers to put together newsletters. And I'm glad that you said, you know, hey, publishers, please read them because I the advertisers really do take time to. You know, if they take the time to communicate to publishers about their program, it's really so that the publishers can use those tools to drive more incremental business. So, um, I guess I, I want to say thank you. Without us having to <laughs> to really uh, lead you in on that, you did you did help us out there. And I think I think uh, all advertisers and publishers should should listen to this and um, understand that this will help your programs. Uh, publishers will earn more money, and advertisers will get more revenue or leads. And having said that, I think we're out of time for today. wanted to thank everyone, in, in, in including uh, both Terrence and Jeff, for joining on, uh, us on the show. I think the, the overview network quality and brand compliance has been a very interesting discussion. Definitely would open, open my eyes on a couple items. Um, and having said that, we're going to end the show uh, with a notice that you can always send us notes to email or via email to podcast at cj.com. Uh, and also remind you that not only can you listen to us live, you can also listen to us as a recording, uh, either downloaded through the Webmaster Radio uh, site, webmasterradio.fm or iTunes, and also listen to us on your cell phone, the Mobilecast Network. With that, thank you very much for joining us. Say goodbye, Kim. Uh, bye, and we'll talk to you next week. Ciao.